Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody we are live with underground sports philadelphia episode number 217 if you are watching on facebook and twitch we greatly appreciate it uh if you want to hit that follow button or that you know like button on either of those pages feel free it's free to do so uh kb and matt coming at you live on a saturday night for this episode uh because the wings played this afternoon Coming at you from Underground Studios, as always, show brought to you by our friends at Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novig Automall, which we will have an incredible deal offer for you guys later on in the show from our friends at Bob Novick, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, and of course, our friends at Design Tree. Make sure you check out our merch. Phillies baseball right around the corner. Get your Bryce Harper headband shirts and hoodies for opening day. We don't make the rules. We're just here to enforce them. I was told everybody that attends opening weekend at Citizens Bank Park needs to be wearing that shirt. It's just protocol. People at Citizens Bank Park. It's the only way to stop the spread of coronavirus, actually. It's the only way to prevent it. Washing your hands and wearing that shirt or hoodie is the only way to do it dsgentry.com search underground sports philadelphia and use the promo code spring 20 for 20 percent off your entire order what's going on matt i am living the dream mid yawn as are our philadelphia flyers and somehow some way the sixers were living a dream on the road as they won a road game uh and have one more on deck that could potentially also be a win um, but we can never be sure with that team. But they ended up beating the Sacramento Kings on the road and stopped the bleeding of this never-ending nightmare of road losses. Was this potentially the least-watched Sixers game of the season? It might have been, following uh, the Flyers' most-watched game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a 10 p.m. start with three of the starters out against the Kings, who, you know, it's not even like you tune in to see uh, anyone on the Kings, really. Um I don't think anyone saw the Sixers win this game. No. Uh, I know I only watched the highlights because I was not staying up late. Um, I was not not hurting myself like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, good for the Sixers for maybe taking some notes from the Flyers on how to go and beat teams on the road and be semi-competent when you uh, leave the Philadelphia area. But not a win that inspires much confidence because you should be beating the Kings. Yes. Um, I mean, again, you can give them an extra pat on the back for, for doing it without – you know, uh, the, the starters again, uh, but Chick Milton, another great night. Tobias, a, a pretty strong performance as well. Uh, Tobias has really stepped up. Um, in a, in Double a, digit points from Al Horford. Yeah. In a, this economy. What a what a night from him, huh? Blistering scoring pace from him. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, though, a, a, a decent performance. Um, see if they take care of the Warriors tonight, but. Um, I don't know. I it, There's like, what can you even say about the Sixers that hasn't been said at this point? I think yeah. everyone, it feels like everyone's just kind of... Uh, Written them off. 
written them off and also just taken a step back and been like, all right, yeah, we're just, again, everyone has been in this mood of we'd rather just watch the Flyers. Yeah, I can't and, blame them either. And now the, the Phillies are heating up too, and they're having great spring training. Um, so Sixers need to, to put together a win streak or something to get back in everyone's good graces. Uh, one positive, though, from this Sixers team, I think we can take away from this brutal stretch is that Shake Milton has emerged and kind of become a, a key piece for this team. Yeah, I mean, this could be the spark that we were looking and searching for that we weren't really able to get at the uh, the deadline or, or any kind of buyout. Um, you know, Shake can give us these kinds of performances, you know, down the stretch here and then in the playoffs. I think that's where it's going to be most crucial. If we can see him uh, you know, score like this and take over games like this, that's going to be big. Um, still, though, the lingering question is where <laughs> where has Shake been for not even just this season, but even last year? I know he was still relatively green, but... Uh, At this point last year, he was down with the blue coats. Yeah, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, you let your guy develop, but um, it just feels like, especially this year, I I don't know why we saw so little of him until yeah. it seemed like this team really, like he was like the break the glass in case of emergency mm-hmm. kind of player here, and he's actually turned out to be a, a huge, huge focal point now uh, for the past two weeks, and I... Um, I think there's questions to be asked about that, but hopefully, you know, he can continue playing like this. Obviously, when, you know, Embiid, Ben, and Josh Richardson are all back, it, it, I should say, if Ben even comes back yeah. this season, we still don't really have any clear answers on, on when, if at all, he's going to be back this season. Um, but, you know, you'd expect his role to obviously reduce, and you're not going to see these types of mm-hmm. point explosions. You know, you're not going to see, like, that Clippers game that often from him, but... Tell you what, if he can give us performances um, like this, with, with this kind of scoring, that could be really huge for the Sixers. And that's been one of the biggest needs, has been someone to score off the bench mm-hmm. or someone who can you know, be that primary initiator on offense, who can handle the ball. Um, and you know, if you have that already within your organization, that'd be great. And let's not forget you know, that they really like Shake Milton when they drafted him. Like, this yeah. is a guy that they actively sought out. So that's they good. They gave him that contract yeah. and... You know, if he continues to put stretches together like this and play the way he has on just a consistent basis, that contract's going to look like an absolute steal. Yeah, reminiscent, I guess, of like the Kingery deal. You know? Yeah. Like you, you get in on a guy young, um, you know, buy low on him and hope that he can reach some kind of potential. Now, it's obviously only been, a f- you know, five or six, you know, games mm-hmm. from him that we've seen, you know, good performances. You don't want to get too oversold on that. Um, you know, but it, you feel good about uh, going forward with him, and and again, he's going to be one of your strongest bench pieces going into the playoffs, which I don't think anyone would have seen coming. Who knows? Might even be a starter. You know, there's a big question over who that fifth starter is, uh, especially as you look at any potential playoff matchups. If Horford's going to be or not going to be starting, if Shake maybe has earned that spot now, and there's cases to be made for it, um, but there's. Lots of question marks about this team that we're not going to get answers to until um, we hear about Ben's health mm-hmm. and, and the rest of his season. We know Embiid's going to be back next week now, which is awesome. Um, but this is uh, it's still like touch and go with the, the Sixers right now a little bit. Glenn Robinson the third finally put the third in his uh, last name, finally made a three. Um, so hopefully he can, you know, simmer down a little bit. Um, but also in this Kings game, you know, you got – production not only from shake milton but you got it from netto you got it from burks and it was a like a almost complete team effort in this game and that's what the sixers have failed to do for most of the season when it comes to these you know shorthanded wins when they're missing guys is have a complete team effort and that's what they got against the kings yeah and 
you're exactly right. You know, we we've at times been we do dependent on someone like Embiid and Ben, um, and haven't had that extra depth to you know really step in when those guys are either underperforming, which we've seen, um, but also when they just aren't there, uh, which we have also unfortunately seen quite a bit of this year. So obviously good to see someone like Tobias playing well. And I, I think that just continues how he's played this season. I think Tobias has had a, a good year. Um, you know, it's just everything kind of outside of the court, I think, is always going to be going against Tobias, mainly his contract. But he's, you can't really knock for the, the way he's played this year. I think he's been a perfectly good player. Um, you know, he's just overpaid at the moment, which Tobias can't control. And we as fans can't control. So just move on with it, really. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, Sixers play on the road again in that final part of this four-game West Coast trip against the Warriors. No Steph Curry due to illness. Hopefully it's nothing serious because we know the outbreak of coronavirus in California has been rampant. Uh, And no Draymond Green. So Warriors playing shorthanded, full-blown. Should be a a tight contest. (laughs) Sixers playing shorthanded, as we all know. This could also end up being the least watched Sixers game of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know I'll be watching the Flyers instead, yes. um, or asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll maybe make it to the second period of the Flyers game before I like conk out tonight. But yeah, um, you know, especially like this road trip has been especially you know, difficult because it's all typically been Pacific time. Tonight's a little more doable at eight thirty, and it's Saturday. Um, but we also lose an hour of sleep tonight, so it's like. You know, the worst. It is the worst, but there's nothing better than, like, from here on out, like, having... Like, even just today, I, I was driving over in, mm-hmm. like, it's 5 o'clock and the sun was, like, still kind of high. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Like, this is, you know, now the sun's not going to start setting till like, 7 o'clock and, you know, the spring starts rolling around. It's going to be nice weather. That's... This is a sweet yeah. spot. This is where... this it, it sucks we have to suffer, lose that hour, but I'm... I, that's a sacrifice I'll make. Yeah. And at least it's going into a Sunday, like... Going into Sunday, tomorrow's supposed to be beautiful weather too. So, like, you know, how mad can you really be? Right. I'll, I'll I'll make that deal ten times out of ten. Um, but you know, Sixers should come away with a two and two road trip. Should but. should is the key word because <laughs> whenever we say the but should, <laughs> they end up losing. Um, but you're playing against you know arguably the worst team in the league record wise. Um, kind of just in one of those limbo years for the Warriors. Just take care of business, like. The Warriors are uh, using Bide, um, <laughs> and the NBA is going to be put on alert next year when uh, when Prox Onyx, a.k.a. the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> goes back and hits you and, and one-hit crits you, <laughs> and you get absolutely pummeled uh, in this first gen. You know, it's just, yeah, the, the Warriors obviously in a really bad situation this year, but <clears throat> quite a bit of that was a, a little bit out of their control. Mm-hmm. Um you know, injury related as well. You know, you lose Clay Thompson for really the whole year before it even starts. Uh, Steph also has a long term injury, which hasn't really had. So, you know, when, once those guys are both back healthy next year, you expect this team's going to be a, a, a really strong contender. And, you know, let's see what they, they get out of the draft this year, too. And they've obviously added Andrew Wiggins. Like, there's a lot to be intrigued about with Golden State, which is interesting because, you know, the last four or five years they've been so dominant. You just go in every season thinking championship for them. But now there's a little more wiggle room, and that's that's going to be interesting. I, I think you're really going to see that front office tested because they've gotten so much credit and deserved credit for what they did in, in building that dynasty. But now I think it's another chance for them to kind of earn their chops and, and really showcase some actual 
you know, flexibility and ability to, to kind of rebuild on the fly, so to speak. Who do you think needs to step up tonight? You know, obviously you need Tobias to continue doing what he does. You need, um, you know, Shake to, to keep it kind of rolling. But who do you think steps up tonight to help this team actually get back-to-back road wins? The most obvious candidate is Al Horford. Um, you know, Gold State is a team that's going to be lacking in interior presence. Mm-hmm. And Horford is someone that could exploit that. Um, Horford is like the candidate for this entire year of who do you think should be doing better or who could yep. who who needs to step up. Um, so it's kind of uh, that is the eternal answer I think <laughs> right now is is Al Horford. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see Thibault get into a good offensive rhythm as well, just to give a more mm-hmm. you know a, a better answer than just the clear and obvious. That one. was my answer, was um, Matisse. You know, Matisse. I, I think he's been you know he's had a great rookie year. I yeah. don't want to dismiss anything that he's done defensively. If he was as good uh offensively as he's defensively people would be talking about him as an all-star oh yeah um which is just you know it sucks but what can you do i i think the the biggest thing for him though is just finding some consistency with the shot we've seen him go on these like three four week stints of you know 40 percent shooting and then you know three four weeks of like 22 23 shooting and i'd like to see him gain some consistency especially now in a really pivotal part of the season because if matisse can give you valuable playoff minutes as it is but if he can start to hit you know three-point shots at a, at a really consistent you know 37 mm-hmm. percent even 36 percent uh clip that's really really big and um you know he's obviously you know older for a rookie even though he's only 22 um so his developmental ceiling maybe isn't as high as some other guys but you know you've seen him over the course of the season improve in that shooting category I, I think he's certainly improved even defensively he already came in as a mm-hmm. defensive stud and I think you've seen him be one of the best defenders in the league despite not even being a, a starter right um so yeah I'd like to see him nail down some some more offensive consistency I I just don't know that's going to happen at this stage of the season I think this is something for him to work on in the offseason but you know he's he's someone to watch out for in, in the same way that Shake is is kind of uh, a big spark plug so is Matisse and our guy, Mike Scott's kind of been finding his groove recently, too. Had a pretty good game against Sacramento. Um, hopefully he can keep it rolling because if he can, that's a, a big boost, you know, for this bench to have him coming in and, and be able to, you know, drain threes and, you know, get some rebounds and play a little physical and kind of that smash mouth, you know, play style that Mike Scott brings to the table. Hey, he's, he's obviously had a rough year. There's, there's no bones about it. We love Mike, but... You know, it hasn't been his best season. He was absolutely crucial in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our more clutch performers. And if he can get back to that, you know, old self and, and give us some of those more good moments, then I think everyone will kind of forget about it. It's been a, a tumultuous year for him. Um, but, you know, it's also been a hard year for pretty much the entire bench unit because there's been quite a bit of movement. Um and I think there's been a, a real added pressure on them, especially with um, not only just the, the rest that Embiid has been going through, um, but also there's been you know a little more injuries than than in the past that the Sixers have had to deal with to the the starters. You know, Josh Richardson been kind of in and out of the lineup this year. Uh, ben uncharacteristically has been in and out mm-hmm. uh, with with some injuries this season. Embiid um, on top of the load management has missed some time. And, yeah, I think just that added pressure and, and all, all that is kind of built up on, on some of the bench guys, um, you know, and, and a few of them have even departed. So 
hopefully uh, hopefully able to push through and, and you know continue in a good way as we go into the playoffs. Because that's yeah. what it's all about now. Exactly. Right? Like This is the time where Brett is kind of having to figure out who his guys are going to be come playoff rotation time. Like This is where he has to figure that out and kind of tinker with it a little bit, especially against a team like Golden State where you potentially have that opportunity, especially since they're shorthanded. Mess around with the lineup a little bit because – you know, this is an opportunity to do so. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, this is, um, you know, a free hit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you have an opportunity now to, to kind of give guys more looks than they would used to be getting. I think that's why you're seeing Shake have good performances. Um, it, it, Al Horford is getting, like, every chance in the world to, like, really make a breakthrough here, and he's just not doing it, which I think adds to the frustration. So um, there's, there's plenty of room still for an improvement with this Sixers team. And I, I think in a way it could be good that you know you're missing three starters on part of this trip because you you are giving some other guys that Mm -hmm. that I think much needed usage that much needed break Um, we've heard quite a few guys complaining about their roles this season and you know now just getting a chance to showcase some of that ability in a very important part of the year that that could be big to you know their their confidence and their morale um, you know going into into the playoffs yeah and uh, before we get to the other team going to the playoffs got to talk to you guys a little bit about our friends at bob novick auto mall from now until april 30th they're running one of the best deals you can possibly get for your car special buy one get one free oil change including a free tire rotation they've got a complimentary alignment check and multi-point inspection deal going for you the alignment special 59.95 tire balance special 29.95 plus weights you can't beat it Check them out. They are located at 808 North Pearl Street in Bridgeton, New Jersey. You can call for an appointment at 856-451-0095 or check them out online at bobnovicgm.com and let them know Underground Sports Philadelphia sent you. Matt, the Flyers continue to stay red hot. They took down the Capitals on Wednesday night in a big statement win, 5-2 in D.C., Bounce back one day later and just bully the Hurricanes 4-1. to one. They play the Sabres tonight. This team is just, they can't lose. They really can't. I mean, they're, and they're dominating teams on this stretch here. Um, really gave it to the Capitals in a, in a testy game uh, on Wednesday and then you know, got back and, and just took care of business against the Hurricanes and um, that's that's great too because it was a quick turnaround, obviously. And now you get the Sabers, who are the weakest opponent you've faced uh, mm-hmm. in in a, a few games now, um, but still definitely a team to to take note of and uh, will will give you issues. But another it, Wayne Simmons return, another Wayne Simmons return, and, and you're at home now, uh, where this team has played very well. Mm-hmm. Carter Hart extremely comfortable at home. And I think, you know, you could certainly see them making it nine in a row tonight. Uh, it, and this is uh, this is the most excited I think I've seen people about the Flyers in a very long time, if ever, um, because we've never had a great Flyers team in like the era of social mm-hmm. media. So I was thinking about that. We, we've never That's had a fair point. We've never had a, a really excitable like get hyped for this team in like the Twitter age. You know, um, Facebook was like kind of the hockey layer yeah yeah for you know but that was you know you, again you're talking 10 years ago mm-hmm. so um it's it's cool to see everyone kind of re-engaging with the team um because you know 
fires are fires are fun. And, they are very fun. You know, uh, their their closest game that they've played in this stretch that they're on was that four three overtime win against the Blue Jackets on the second half of the the home and home. Other than that, like you said, they are dominating teams and absolutely decimating them night in and night out. It's not just like squeaking by, winning one goal games throughout this stretch. They're winning by at least two goals every single game. Yeah, and you know that's that's a really positive sign. The Flyers have a great goal differential as well this season, which speaks to just how dominating they've been. Um, and they have a, a high-powered offense, which is obviously fantastic and could be something that helps them through the playoffs. And now it's about trying to claim that number one spot, which which they could theoretically do again tonight. Um, unfortunately, the Capitals took it to overtime to lose uh, earlier in the week, so they weren't able to reclaim it right away. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it. I this will be the I think the first time that the Flyers have been top of the division in like a late season like mm-hmm. this, not you know like in November or something. Um, in quite some Since time. Since the cup run, I think, or the year after. Yeah, you know, like, and if they are able to actually secure the division, that'd be fantastic, but that's that's still going to take quite a bit of doing. Um, I think it's all about just getting geared up for a playoff run now, and uh, you, you hope that you get some maybe f- some favorable seating and, and matchups uh, for the Flyers, but, um, you know, I, I think they would almost maybe prefer to play the Capitals in the first round. Yeah. If you look at how they performed against them this year, it's they've, they've put together some really strong games, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the Flyers, and it's it's cool to see like the the bandwagon forming, um, and gritty I, tweeting it out, you know, all aboard. And I'm excited to watch them tonight. Like, yeah, I, like that hasn't that hasn't been a feeling I've had since like the Phillies last year. Mm-hmm. You know, where you you can't wait till the next game is on. Uh, I found myself last night like kind of bummed the Flyers yeah. were playing. I was like, ah, I'd like to watch some Flyers tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it's all exciting. They have the third best goal differential in the entire Eastern Conference. Best in the Met. Uh, the only teams they're behind are the Bruins and the Lightning, who they play very soon. Um, Capitals took down the Penguins today, helped the Flyers a little bit with the teams behind them. But now that you know the Capitals won, and you know if you get a win, you stay, you know, stay pace with them and, and stay the course there and can tie them again for the division lead, I think that also helps the Flyers a bit, knowing that boom, you, you just got to chase them again and, and keep it going. There's something in front of them to, you know, strive for to help them even more, uh, you know, just to stay motivated. Yeah, I think one underrated aspect of, of sports, and we talked about this a little bit with the Eagles, is, is hunger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a team that hasn't had uh, success recently, um, if really you could make the case technically in a very long time with the Flyers, but, you know, a, a team that has everything to play for, that, that wants to, to taste that, you know, championship that wants that deep playoff run Flyers have not had that and they have you know even some guys that have never played in the playoffs when you, you look at some of the young players on this team so um you know that could be a really important you know kind of mental aspect as as we get into you know the nitty-gritty of this season and as you get into the playoffs of you know this team is going to be coming in with all of the you know the motivation in the world but also the, they're going to go in on a hot streak like even if they you know go 500 the rest of the way they'll still have been you know one of the, the hottest teams in, in hockey and I think that'll that'll help you know just with the rhythm that they have and the confidence that they have um you know if you you add in now that hunger to to win um you know you think of like the off ice like motivation mm-hmm. that you have uh, about Lindblom this season you know Drew is obviously a great player and you're getting kind of the last sparks of, of him you know especially this last month he's really picked it up um 
you know, you you have all you need in in terms of uh, motivation in writing a the story. The goaltending tandem, yeah, is there exactly. Um, yeah, Brian Elliott just absolutely killing it on the road this year, kind of under the radar. Yeah, there's there's plenty to to play for uh, with the Flyers and, and to be excited about, which is which is great because, like we've mentioned, it's it's been some time since the Flyers have been this exciting, and um, I think they're the most exciting Philly team playing right now and maybe even out of all of them just because like the ceiling feels limitless with them mm-hmm. um you know when the Eagles made their Super Bowl run football's hard and we know that it can come down to just you know so many plays and I don't think anyone felt like the Eagles going into that year were the clear runaway favorites not that anyone feels that mm-hmm. way with the Flyers this year but I just think there's a lot of optimism um you know about the Flyers that we just haven't seen you know, with Philly teams. Yeah, I was, you know, covering the Wings game today, and that's why the show's a little bit later, but I was in the elevator uh, leaving the game, and, you know, you have Wells Fargo Center employees in there, and a bunch of these ladies walk in, they're talking, the, the Phillies game's on the TV in the elevator, and they're just like, Flyers are winning the Stanley Cup. And, like, you know, they just get to talking, and I'm, I'm looking at some of the guys in the, the elevator, and we're just laughing because it's like, normally – none of these employees would be talking about this. You know, they're there to just do their job and get out and they want to go home. They're like, this team's going to win the Stanley Cup. They can't lose. They can't lose. And to see even, you know, just the the game day employees as excited as they are for this team, I think speaks volumes to just the the vibe around this team and the, you know, just the demeanor that they have and how they've been affecting the entire city from fans to game day staff that they're around each and every home game to you know just the the casual bandwagon fan now yeah exactly and um you know we we had this with the the Sixers where you know there's bandwagon fans coming on the Sixers when they were the exciting (laughs) darlings of of Philly sports um and it's always nice to have bandwagon fans because that means your team is fun Mm -hmm. that means your team is is good um obviously you know there's always some aspect to of it. I think that can be a little annoying when you have bandwagon fans because you do feel like since you watch this team in the doldrums, you have this like these extra badges on your chest. Like I had right. to watch bad hockey. I had to watch bad uh, basketball, bad baseball. Like, um, but you know, you can't. You, I don't think anyone that stuck through this with this team in the in the last few years when they've been really middling can really blame anyone for maybe checking out with the Flyers. Um, but you also can't blame anyone for checking back in because no. it's been a really fun ride so far, and um, it really feels special. Yeah, I mean, you've got the Sabres tonight, and then, like we said, you you host the Bruins on Tuesday night, and then Thursday you go back to Tampa, which is the last time the Flyers lost a game about a month ago, uh, was in Tampa Bay. So you get another crack at them, another playoff team, and I think that's an important part of this next couple game stretch you're playing the other two really good teams from the other part of the conference um, that are going to be in the playoffs, you have potential to see them down the line to kind of, you know, really gauge this winning streak. Sure. They've beaten the Capitals. They've beaten the Penguins. um, They've taken care of business across the board, but to kind of get another crack at the Bruins who they've had their number this year, the Flyers have beaten the Bruins twice. um, And to hopefully, you know, end the, the losing skid against the lightning. I think that that'll be, the next big test for this Flyers team down the stretch is this next little two-game run um, against Boston and Tampa Bay. It almost feels like in uh, college football when they have you know their big 
you like the, the Alabama LSU game, you yeah. know, like this this big gear up where you really test your team and, and see um, just how good they really are. And tell you what, I don't I don't know anyone that would bet against the Flyers right now, uh, just with the way they're playing. Um, and they're a deep team as well, which is exciting. You know, you add Grant at the deadline, and he's been he's been hot coming in. Um, and I, I just you nothing with the Flyers right now is is like going wrong like it's all kind of, you know, obviously JVR is injured but now mm-hmm. you you call Farabee up which you know not a like for like replacement but you could there's certainly worse replacements to right. have and we've and, seen good flashes from him this year exactly you know you get him kind of reinvigorated with this team like there's there's plenty to be excited about with the Flyers which is a lot of fun Provorov has been just absolutely so a machine the last few weeks really all season but I, I think Everywhere you look at this flyer scene, people are performing and performing at a really high level, which is exciting. Yeah, and I mean, going into tonight, you just you're playing a team. Sure, they're not good, but you have to handle them that way and know you're the better team. Go in there, put your foot on the gas pedal, and and don't let them take advantage of you just because you're kind of riding this hot streak. There, you have a target on your back now. This Flyers team has a target on their back from every single team in the NHL because now everybody's talking about them. Um, You know, they're the quote-unquote best odds to win the Cup, so everybody's talking about them. They have the biggest target on their back in the entire league, and every single team they play for the rest of the season is going to be aiming at that target to try to take them down. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, you just... One of the the hallmarks of a good team is just uh you know beating the, the the teams that you should beat we talk about this all the time with like the sixers and that you you need to just you know pad your win column at, at times and just get yourself in good positions and um you know the, the flyers have done that to to a really good effect this year uh, they haven't let up on on the easy teams and they've performed really well against you know the other strong teams in, in their division and in their conference so um this is there's a lot you know to be said about just the like the professionalism, I guess, uh, of the Flyers team this year, and that they've they've put away these bad teams, and um, they they haven't been making a mess of it, and it makes your season so much easier when you when you do that, um, and and you know every game doesn't become a playoff game because you weren't able to put away these bad teams um, and make your life easier. Now you're in a much smoother position, whereas in years past, Flyers might be fighting for, for the wild card mm-hmm. instead because they they didn't take care of business against you know some lower level teams. Yeah, and they're taking care of everybody on their schedule right now, and it's honestly at the point, like, this team might not lose. You know, they are – it just feels that way with the, the aura that's around them and how they've been playing with that confidence. It's not a cockiness um, that they're playing with. They're playing with confidence. They're feeling themselves, and it's stemming from the players. The coaching staff as a whole, I think, is coaching that way. Um, and I think they're just playing with a chip on their shoulder, knowing that nobody was giving them a fighting chance this entire season. And it's like, hey, we're showing up now, and we're not going anywhere. Like, here we are, we're here to stay, and we're here to prove a point that, like, we belong with the top dogs. Absolutely. And um, I just wish we could fast forward to playoffs, because I'm ready, to, just, yeah. I'm ready to, to really dig into playoff hockey this year and um, get, you know, get behind the team. Very excited. I can't wait. Uh, tonight's going to be electric. I know, you know, leaving Wells Fargo Center today was an absolute mess getting out of there because of all the Flyers fans coming in. Um, it's going to be a packed house, and I'm excited to watch the game tonight. 
Uh, some heard, games. I've heard standing room is popping tonight. That's that's the buzz on Twitter. It's going to be wild. Uh, one game that I wish we could watch would be spring training baseball because... It was on today, apparently. It was. I did not watch it. But. Our <laughs> Phillies are uh, playing very well this spring. 11-4 and four now yeah. in the spring? Beat Boston today, 10-2. to um, And Bryce Harper is just absolutely on fire. You know, he's mashing home runs. He's stealing bases for fun. Um, you know, hitting gap doubles. And I think just like the Flyers and last year, you know, everything that went on with Bryce and the human element of things, I think a lot of people have forgotten how good Bryce Harper is. And I think we are poised to see a carryover from his second half last year. And it's going to manifest into the entire season this year. And I don't think Major League Baseball is ready for the Bryce Harper kind of return tour in 2020 because it's going to be absolutely fun to watch. So Bryce Harper, JT Rumuto, and Reese Hoskins since Wednesday, all of them combined. Uh, 11 for 20, 5 home runs, 4 doubles, 12 RBIs, 8 runs, 6 walks. Uh, you, talk, you talk about like, you know, Last year, we were so excited about the offense of this team, and those were like the types of numbers that we were seeing, which are a little unsustainable, for being frank. Mm-hmm. But uh, that trailed off uh, through the, the mid part of the season, and Bryce was like really the only player keeping us uh, the, the heartbeat going through a lot of the, the summer months last year. If you can see more consistency like that, um, talk about like murderer's row. Like, this is this Philly team has that ability to be such a, a dangerous team. You know, one through six, I think, competes with just about every other, you know, first six in in, in baseball. I, I really do. So, you know, if we can see some of this spring training carryover, that'd be fantastic. Um, we know spring training isn't like the perfect mm-hmm. barometer for, for the regular season, of course. No preseason is. But, you know, if you, some of this will carry over, though, at the, at the same token. You know, you'll see some of these guys with confidence going this season. We can't forget that Bryce also had kind of a shortened offseason last mm-hmm. year. He joined up with the team relatively late. Um, now he's had a, a full year in Philly, you know, more settled. and Baby's here. He's got dad strength, which I think, he, you know, they're <laughs> it's gonna, real. in a few years we'll get finally an advanced metric. Baseball will be the first one to do it about dad strength, what that does for you. It's be called a DAD plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and DAR, uh, dad added <laughs> reflex, uh, because there's definitely that component we have to think about. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it, the Phillies are poised for a strong season and, you know, could take notes like we mentioned from the Flyers where you may be an underwhelming season, you make a, a, a head coach change or a manager change in this instance, and, you know, maybe maybe that reinvigorates the team a little bit and, and gets them to where they want to be. And uh, I'm hoping for the same for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, the pitchings look great. Ranger Suarez has been fantastic, you know, fighting for that fifth starter job, which I think he might actually lock up, which is great for my brand because when I saw you know the prospect list a few years ago and Ranger Suarez was kind of making his way up, I was like, that is an elite baseball name. And to have a guy like Ranger Suarez pitching in your rotation um, and the way he's pitching right now, that's a huge boost for this Phillies pitching staff to have a guy who not only is pitching the way he is, he's left-handed, so it also helps out in terms of just, you know, finally having that left-handed starter in your rotation. Uh, A lot of people want to say it doesn't matter to me. I think it kind of does to switch some things up. It doesn't get stagnant for your rotation, and teams can 
teams have to kind of game plan for you a little bit more. But, um, you know, if Ranger Suarez can win that fifth starter job, that's huge for this Phillies team because it makes the pitching staff that much more deep in terms of what you kind of figure out what to do with Nick Pavetta and Vince Velasquez and how they work into your bullpen and stuff like that. And um, it'll be one of those kind of, you know, small weights taken off the Phillies' shoulder because the only pitching addition they made of significance was Zach Wheeler. And if somebody like Ranger Suarez takes advantage of the opportunity, I think that's a big boost for this team. Yeah, it, you know, I think pitching has been under such a microscope with this team um, that I worry there could be almost an overreaction to someone like Ranger Suarez when we just see them performing well. And we want so badly someone to kind of, you know, stamp their authority on that that back end of the rotation. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him in the regular season and, and in a, a more, you know, high stress, you know, obviously better kind of performances. Um, but if, yeah, if we can see what we're seeing in spring training, absolutely, you're right. And that would be fantastic for the Phillies. Um, you know, and, and again, I think highlights maybe why they were so patient uh, with with spending money this offseason, or at least one of the reasons that they, they have some level of faith in some of the, the pitchers that they have now to, to make a step up. Um, I think we were all burned last year by that expectation, but maybe this year will be different. I I still, that, that's a huge question mark for me, and, and you know, Jake Arrieta even had a good outing, um, but how much can we really trust him? I don't know, but, you know, if spring training is to be believed, he's looked pretty decent so far. So, you know, you, you hope mm-hmm. that that carries over in the regular season, but it's just we know that we've we've been having this conversation before about the pitching, and it's it has burnt us quite a few times. But, um, you know, hopefully we, we see, see some of these fringe guys maybe get a little – you know, again, we, we've talked so much about you know, new managers and new coaching staff and, and what that can do for the confidence of a player. And I do wonder if there is some you know, kind of just confidence and mental aspect that was really throwing these guys for a loop last year. I mean, we know that, you know, a lot of these pitchers weren't having a very good time last year and they were constantly yo-yoing between being starters and in the bullpen and you know, that messes with their preparation. So hopefully this year they, they get more of that consistency and more of that regiment and routine that I think pitchers – like like mm-hmm. they, they I think these are people that like habits that that like having and knowing a, a game plan and, and what's ahead for them and constantly being reshuffled I, I don't think was was positive for a lot of these guys so hopefully this year you know that's that's an area of improvement for the Phillies yeah and you talked about Jake Arrieta his start the other day went four innings without giving up a hit um, I think the only blemish was he gave up four walks in those four innings but it is spring training get the walks out now but it is encouraging to see that he didn't give up a single hit in four innings pitched against a major league talent. Yeah, exactly. You know, and again, you hope that you see, say, you know, Arietta said that he's healthy for the first time um, and, and, that, and coming into a season here and, and all this. And, you know, you'd like to obviously hope that that's true. And, and you see kind of what you were hoping to get with Jake Arietta when we initially signed him. But, you know, um, I, I think. The Phillies are another team. You know, I, I want to fast forward a few weeks to see the Flyers in uh, the playoffs. Um, I'd also like to see the, the Phillies now in the regular season and, and actually get into, you know, high-level games. And we're creeping up to that. You know, we're, we're not that far away. I think only like three weeks away now almost mm-hmm. from uh, from opening day, which is fantastic. So there's, um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel with spring training. Not that spring training is – not fun because I think it's one of the coolest of all the the preseasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, happy to have real baseball back soon. Nineteen days away. Nineteen days from away. opening day, 
in Miami. And I think that's also kind of an intriguing thing is that when the Phillies do break camp, they're staying in Florida. Like it's going to be a, a short travel distance for them uh, coming out of the gate playing uh, four games down in Miami. I think that's going to be a, a pretty big benefit to them, you know, to start the season off down in Miami after being in that Florida environment uh, all spring. I think that's going to be an added boost. And then obviously uh, they come up north to uh, play in New York and take on the Mets before they come home uh, for their, you know, home opener and everything at Citizens Bank Park. But I think that four game series in Miami, don't underestimate the fact that, you know, the travel situation is going to be a little bit lighter to start this season. Yeah, which is which is good. Um, you know, I think travel, you know, we one of the things that I think athletes talk a lot about now is, is sleep. And, you know, when you're constantly traveling, especially in baseball, that is um, such a long season and you do have these kind of extended road trips that I can't imagine it's very easy to get quality sleep. Um, you know, if, if you can limit some of that this year and, and again, you know, um, hopefully with a, a deeper squad and, and a less injury plagued squad than we had last year, then, you know, maybe maybe that helps the Phillies this year with some uh, some R&R, so to speak. Yeah, I wish I was staying in Florida for a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you think about the way that they've kind of approached spring training the last couple seasons with Gabe Kapler at the helm and, you know, kind of no real structure and having that structure now in place with Joe Girardi and, um, you know, knowing that there are going to be set roles on this team. I'm excited to see from top to bottom, whether it's, you know, the lineup when they're up to bat, um, you know, the, the bullpen and how Joe Girardi kind of manages the bullpen and, you know, the rotation. I think the rotation as it is right now doesn't, you know, pop out to you. Obviously, Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler do. But I'm excited to watch one through five in this rotation, whoever it may be, and kind of just see the the on-field production as to why the Phillies approached the offseason the way they did. Yeah, and obviously there's a penny-pinching aspect to the, the Phillies not spending uh, money on more pitching this offseason. But, um, you know, I, again, I, I'd like to believe that they also do have confidence in what they have uh, pitching-wise to, to make some leaps or be more steady this season. And, you know, time will tell with that. And, the, I mean, there's obviously still the, the trade deadline, um, you know, within the season itself that you could theoretically make moves. But um, this is a team that doesn't really have a lot of assets to spare. So who knows? But, you know, there, you, you even look at some of the young guys. I know we've been, obviously, we love Alec Bohm. We love Spencer Howard. But even someone like Mickey Moniak is someone that could make a, a statement mm -hmm. this year. And you, you think back to this time last year, Adam Hazley was not a name that we were expecting to see, let alone now coming into this season, right. be a, a potential starter on opening day. Um, so young guys can surprise you, and the Phillies have an issue with that. Reese Hoskins, again, was mm -hmm. not a, a highly touted, highly rated prospect and just sort of surprised people. So, you know, th there could be— Scott an, Kingry, same thing. Scott Kingry, you know, like, and we were all kind of skeptical about, like, him getting that contract and, like, well, that's a little weird, but now, you know, it's it's a great Thank situation for the Phillies. Um, so, yeah, I think— 
you know, there could absolutely be another young guy that, that makes that kind of leap this year that really excites us and, you know, kind of contends for a spot. And I think that not, not only does one thing in that you have now a good player on a, on a good contract, but also pushes everyone else around them in that position to, to play harder or lose your spot. And I think that some some people on this team might need that, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I, I think that extra competition can help. And having, you know, a younger player kind of at your heels might push you to be a, a better player yourself. So that could be a, a really underrated aspect of this Philly season that, you know, outside of the, the Bohm and Howard, there could be another name that maybe we're not right. really thinking and seeing right now that can make a leap. A lot of people are talking about it as kind of just a way to feel excited about this team. But in all reality, do you think there is a logical chance Bryce Harper ends up being the 2020 NL MVP? Um, I mean, there's, there's of course a chance. Like, you know, he's a good enough player mm-hmm. that can. He's been an MVP before. Like, it's not like it's completely out of the question, right? Um, I just think there are better players in the NL, and that's no discredit to Bryce Harper. Um, I've been pretty honest in my assessment and feeling on him that he's not really like a top three, top five type of player, but he's going to be consistently a top ten, top fifteen player. Which but also is, has the ability to get to exactly, that exactly, like, and can give you those spurts too. And and we saw so much last year. He was the only person that could hit with runners on base. Mm-hmm. He was willing us, you know, a lot of times last year in defense was much improved. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, the NL is a really tough place yeah, to, to win an award like, like that. Guys like Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger. Exactly. And- those those were the next two names, you know, kind of off my lips in terms of like, you know, and also they, they you know, uh, play in big markets mm-hmm. as well and guys that are well known and have also won MVPs and, and been in kind of these league discussions. So, you know, that there's obviously it's it's always going to be a difficult, um, but you can't like you certainly couldn't count him out. Um, I wouldn't personally have him as a favorite, but he could definitely be a dark. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think if he's especially has a, a great year, he doesn't even have to have like a shattering kind of year. But if he has a great year um, and the Phillies say get mid 90 wins, even like get close to 100. I think that's a little <laughs> that's a little generous for the, the Phillies, just being frank. But, you know, if they get to like the mid 90s, something like that, and maybe they win the division, whatever. And Bryce Harper's had a good year. I, I think you have to say that that's that's pretty good, but I just think the NL is a a really difficult place. Um, you know, you obviously had like Mookie Betts to the conversation yeah, which I this totally year. Forgot about like you, you within the own division, you have guys that could give him a, a run for that as well. So it, it's tough, but I you certainly could not count him out. This came out in February, just because I was curious on Sports Illustrated's gambling uh, page, the 2020 NL MVP winner odds. Uh, they have Ronald Acuna Jr. at four to one, Mookie Betts at five to one, Christian Yelich at eight to one, Fernando Tatis Jr. from the Padres at eight to one, Juan Soto, who replaced Bryce Harper on the Nationals at eight to one, Cody Bellinger at twelve to one, Nolan Arenado at sixteen to one, and then Bryce Harper at eighteen to one odds to win the NL MVP. Which, if you're a betting person, I'd take those odds. Yeah. They're not bad for. For a guy of Bryce's caliber who has the potential to, you know, get into that upper echelon of player, has those stretches where he can make a case for himself, you know, and people that follow him, Chris Bryant at twenty to one, Paul Goldschmidt, Freddie Freeman, and Manny Machado at twenty-five to one. Um, I'm pretty sure this is meant to be thirty to one for Javi Baez, uh, Eugenio Suarez, and at thirty to one as well, Reese Hoskins. 
at 30 to 1 odds. That's a that now that's a bet right there. <laughs> um Reese Hoskins being not only the best Philly this year but being an NL MVP is would be quite the story. Uh would be great for the Phillies though I'm I'm imagining if if Reese could get to that level but uh, that is that is an outside chance. JT Real Muto not on Sports Illustrated's list, which is strange. For shame. Um, but I mean, you know, you talk about the players, and I totally forgot Mookie Betts being in the National League too. Um, you know, he's a former American League MVP. Could certainly do it with the Dodgers, with the guys around him. But I think the way Bryce has been playing, and you know, if he can carry that into the season and, and continue what he did. You know, during the second half of last season, he's definitely going to be back at the All-Star game. I would place that bet immediately. Um, but I definitely think there's a there's a chance, you know, for Bryce Harper to be in the MVP conversation, just like JT Real Muto was last year for a good portion of the season, especially being at the catcher position. I think that was huge for him. Um, but I just want to see this Phillies team, like, in action. I am, like, way too ready for this team, and especially with the success of the Flyers to kind of distract us as well from, you know, the poor play of the Sixers and really get this city to rally around a team. I think it's really gotten my excitement and energy up even more for this Phillies team. Yeah, I think the spring could be very kind to uh, Philly sports fans. There'll be a lot going on. And yeah, I mean, obviously the Sixers haven't been lighting it up, but we'll have two playoff teams and Phillies baseball back to root for, um, which is really exciting. And I think that's kind of the the type of, you know, April, May, and hopefully June, uh, you know, performances and stuff that we're, we're hoping for. So that's... Um, that gives me a lot of hope and a lot of excitement for spring. The, the weather's turning, long day is coming back. You know, you could feasibly go see the Phillies at one, then go catch one of the the two Wells Fargo residents. You know, in in a playoff game, like that's that's the kind of stuff that that we love to have back, which is exciting. Can't wait for it. I think that's all we got for you guys. So make sure you're following us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Underground PHI. Follow the Twitch page at underground sports phi it's twitch.tv slash underground sports phi facebook facebook.com slash underground sports phi uh and make sure you subscribe to the podcast leave those five star ratings and reviews on apple Podcasts. let's get us up to 300 five star ratings and reviews uh before philly's opening day at citizens bank park let's hit 300 before that first game in philadelphia and we'll have something special for you guys um, so let's make that happen. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Matt on Twitter, at Matt Castorina. He's absolutely loving the way Liverpool's playing right now. Um, Three more wins to be uh, Premier League champions, which is fantastic. Absolutely thriving. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at KBICZL311. Follow all of our podcasts that we have on the Twitter machine, obviously at underground PHI at OTB Laxpod, at streamer S Z N. And, uh, check out this new project I have coming with Connor miles, friend of the network. It's called just another football podcast. I am going to be producing it. He's going to be hosting. It's at another FB pod. Uh, very much looking forward to that. And, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday talking about hopefully some more flyers wins, hopefully a Sixers win tonight. And uh, anything else that develops down in spring training. And we'll see what happens with this NFL CBA as, uh, you know, the new league year set to begin uh, very, very soon. And free agency going to be underway uh, before we know it. 
So football offseason will be here. But as always, guys, show brought to you by our friends at Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 217. If you watched on Facebook or Twitch, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you guys on Wednesday. Peace.